Yo, welcome back. Welcome back to the IKP. Welcome back. Let's get into it. Um, I feel pretty good. Saturday episode. You know how we give it up. Uh, it's it 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 is cold. Um, I'm I, I you know you guys if you guys don't know, I'm in the D.C. area, and all across the D.M.V. it is cold. And like, like the, like the, the cold front has really hit us. So, you know, I know people are listening from other places and other locations and so forth. And if you have warmer weather, shouts out to you. You are lucky. You are blessed. And uh, we're just sticking to cold for right now because it's really cold. But bigger things to get to. It's a lot of quarterback movement that's going to happen throughout the NFL offseason. A lot of quarterback movement is going to happen. Obviously, we got Super Bowl week. I mean, Super Bowl weekend. Oh, well, Super Bowl week leading up to Super to Super Bowl weekend this upcoming week. Excuse me, guys. Um, so we got a lot to dig into. Um, Deshaun Watson and all the, you know, all the good stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to get to it. So um welcome back everybody shouts out to you guys if you you know if you're a first time listener regular listener shouts out to you i greatly appreciate it i great i greatly appreciate it continue to stream this podcast on all the dsps that you guys are coming from also i'm your host isaiah kid your humble and highly favorite host isaiah kid and let's get into it let's get into it let's not waste any time Deshaun, so since I, you know, since I last come on here to talk to you guys, Deshaun Watson, star quarterback of the Houston Texans, he finally, like, officially requested a trade. And I've been talking about this Deshaun Watson thing for, like, almost a month now, really. I've been talking, I've been talking, since, since the season ended, I've really been talking about this Deshaun Watson thing because it, it's really it, it just has it's gonna it's gonna take over the the NFL offseason. Like if this thing isn't done after or if this thing isn't done like before the Super Bowl, it's just gonna take up the NFL offseason. And like I said, a lot of quarter there's gonna be a lot of quarterback movement like never before in the NFL, like we have seen. So and Deshaun Watson is just gonna be the cream of the crop. And he's at the top. He's at the top of the chopping board because let's 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 just let's, let's debrief and let's talk about this thing. Let's give everybody an overview and where I stand because I, I I you know if you guys like I said if you're a first time listener you you know you ran into this podcast or so forth. Good for you. Let me catch you up, or you can go listen to previous episodes. <laughs> but um. I fully, um, I, 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 I agree. I understand why Deshaun Watson requested this trade out of Houston. Um, now and now the Houston Texans they did hire Ravens assistant coach, longtime Ravens assistant coach, uh, David David Coley, uh, and, and Coley, excuse me, David Coley, and obviously that's not the coach that Watson was looking for, and so forth. And it's just been messy. The way how the Texans have handled this this whole coaching thing and trying to find a head coach, it's just been messy. It's just been messy. Uh, we all, we, we, you guys, I, 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 we discovered Jack Easterby. <laughs> we, 
we dis- we discovered Jack Easterby and from from management to personnel to you know you're looking at the salary cap issues that the Texans have you're looking at the draft capital that they lack that they don't have um it, this team is years away from being really good and even with uh, Deshaun even with Deshaun Watson with him being a top 5 quarterback talent in football this team is still years away from really competing because they have just they they, they have just made some horrible moves now like i said this is going to be unforeseen this is unforeseen territory towards the nfl um in so many different ways first we have it's very rare it's 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 very rare it's damn near it's it's, it's damn near a special occasion where you have a superstar quarterback of deshaun watson's caliber at his age he's only 25 i repeat deshaun watson is only 25 years of age and i know it's you know the nba is different the nfl you usually you like you've had some other players some other notable players at some other positions you know request trades and so forth but at the quarterback position and how talented and how good deshaun watson is at at this age it is rare where you get a quarterback like him on the market. Okay? So that that this that so that's just unfor that's unforeseen territory for the NFL because you usually don't see superstar quarterbacks at 25 requesting trades and trying to get out of town. You don't see it. You it, it usually usually doesn't happen. It usually doesn't happen like that. But also Deshaun Watson, he has himself or you know his contract is the, the, the no trade clause. This is set up, as I mentioned in the previous episode, this is set up as a NBA type of move where, you know, you, you guys all know the NBA stars, the player empowerment, and so forth, where that, you know, the superstars around the league, they request trades and they, they, they basically tell it. They basically tell their front, their front office where they want to go. Like James Harden. James Harden was in Houston. I don't know what's in the water in Houston. James Harden, you know, didn't want to play in Houston no more. He told them, my number one, I want to get to Brooklyn. He told them that was his top choice. Brooklyn was his top choice, and he got to Brooklyn. And this is, and that's the parallel between this Deshaun Watson situation. Because usually you don't really see this in the NFL where players, you know, they they requesting trades and they're telling teams where they're going to go and where they're not going to go. And let me just break this down. So, like I said, trade the no trade clause in Deshaun Watson's contract. And it's such it's such a unique position because it's such a unique position that Deshaun Watson is in right now. <laughs> it's such an NBA, it's such an NBA situation in format. Deshaun Watson literally could tell he could literally tell the Texans where he wants to go. If the Texans are, you know, if the Texans are speaking and trying to put together a deal with, I don't know, let's just let's just play the theoretical game. The Texans are trying to get a deal done with the Broncos. And Deshaun Watson, like, nah, I don't want to go to Denver. Get a deal done with the Jets. Get a deal done with the Dolphins. He can do that. <laughs> he can do that. 
And it's just so interesting. So let's talk about this Houston and what's been going on. Houston, uh, they fired Bill O'Brien, but Bill, but prior to firing Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien was the head coach and the GM. He traded away DeAndre Hopkins. That's where things started to go kind of left. Um, then, you know, started off 0-4, 0-4, they fired Bill O'Brien, and they had a terrible season. We come to find out Jack Easterby, team pastor, then turned, you know, team executive, great relationship with Kyle McNear, and they're the best of buddies now. They're the best of buddies, and that has now compromised Deshaun Watson in his in, in this situation, and, you know, he's trust factor. He doesn't have much faith or trust in this Houston Texans organization. You know, the sh- after the season, they're looking for a head coach. Deshaun Watson said, hey, and this is the thing. Deshaun Watson wasn't telling them who to hire. But he was, he was, he was, all he was saying was, hey, could you include me in the discussion? Could you know, could could you could you just give me a heads up of what the move is, what we're doing? And the Texans said, yeah. Management said, yeah, we'll let you in. We'll let you in the discussion. Well, t- come to find out, they didn't let him in the discussion. The two guy, the two head coaching candidates that he wanted, uh, Eric Pimenemi and Robert Sala, neither were hired. Uh, they butchered the the they butchered the Eric Pimenemi interview uh with their with their poor time management. Robert Sala, he went with the Jets. He 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 he's the head coach of the Jets. So you look at this whole situation, and every, and some people are saying, well, the Texans, they made the playoffs four out of the last six years. Well, okay, just look at the trajectory of this organization. It's not heading in the right place. This team, this Texans team, even with an MVP caliber, top five caliber, elite quarterback that Deshaun Watson is, even with that, they are still not good enough in in a multitude of places and facets where this team is three, maybe even four years away before really competing. And you're wasting Deshaun Watson's prime. It, 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 you're just wasting Deshaun Watson's prime. In the Jack Easterby situation, that whole that whole little thing kerfuffle is just it's just um it's it's it's, it's crazy. Like think about it. What if just just think of your team? What if your team hired Joe Olstein to be your team pastor, and then all of a sudden Joe Olstein turned into the team executive? I mean, that that's that's two different positions there, huh? That's that's two different positions there. That's two different positions. No, no disrespect to Joe Olstein. He can be a team pastor. But I do not want Joe Osteen being my team executive. And that is what the that's what's happening with the Texans. It's a bad culture. The future is not bright. The only bright spot about Houston was Deshaun Watson. And they and they messed that up. The Houston Texans messed that up. And Deshaun Watson is taking his career. He's gonna he, he's taking his career in his own hands. He's not gonna allow the Texans to work to waste his prime. He's not gonna allow the Texans to waste his prime. And like I said, this is this is abnormal. We usually don't see young superstar quarterbacks of Deshaun Watson's ilk 
request a trade and get out of town. We usually don't see it, but it's happening because the Texans have not, they have not given this kid enough. They have not given this kid enough support. And, 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 and some of the support that he had or that, you know, some of the support that he had around him, they took it away, i.e. DeAndre Hopkins. They traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips and a soda. So, so the best destinations, we get into the best destinations for Deshaun Watson. What are the best destinations? And I'm not talking, and I'm not necessarily talking about the the destinations that make the most sense as far as like trade logistics and trade assets, because obviously the Jets would be like top of the list. The Jets, they have a lot of picks to give away. They have a, a lot of a lot of cap money. They have a lot of room in their salary cap and so forth. But and I know, and this is rumored that Deshaun Watson, you know, has a he. He prefers New York. He had, he likes New York as one of his destinations. One is one of his top destinations. Now, me personally, I wouldn't love that move because it's the Jets, and you know, as as far as their organization goes, they haven't been they haven't been they haven't been good either. So, so these are my best destinations, my own personal destinations for Deshaun Watson. Um, and first I look at the Miami Dolphins with Brian Flores. Now, just so happenly, uh, the Dolphins are also, you know, a top of Deshaun Watson's list of possible destinations. But I look at the Dolphins, they have a coach in Brian Flores who comes from the Belichick regime, and he seems like he's the needle in the haystack. He's the needle in the haystack where he he he, he looks like he's gonna be a pretty good coach. He's turned around the culture in Miami. He's built up that defense, and they won ten games with two. They won ten. They won ten games with quarterback controversy. They had Tua. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick. One, you know, first, you know, first several games of the uh, first several games of the year, Ryan Fitzpatrick started. Then they wanted to bring in Tua. Tua will stink up the joint a little bit, and you know, it, they they just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was a seesaw battle. So just imagine if you add Deshaun Watson to that mix, and if the Dolphins are able to get another, if, you know, if they're, you know, let's, you know, let's just say the Dolphins, you know, try to go at a, another playmaker on the outside other than Devontae Parker, you know, something like that. I would like that for him. Also, and this is no order, but also I like the 49ers. I like the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan with that offense, with that front office and John Lynch, they have a re they have a rejuvenated, healthy defense that's coming back. They're deep, a lot of their impactful players th throughout that Super Bowl run last year were injured all throughout the year. You get them back, and then you just like I said, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is one of like one of the best offensive play callers, play designers in football. You look at the pieces that they have on offense, that offensive line, that strong running game that they have. You got guys like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk. You got you got toys and weapons to play with in San Francisco. And then, like I said, Kyle Shanahan, creative offensive mind, one of the best offensive minds and coaches in football. 
I, that would be that would be damn near a cheat code if Deshaun Watson gets into the hands of Kyle Shanahan because now finally Kyle Shanahan is the quarterback other than Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't you know he like Deshaun Watson's just that he's just that dynamic and then I look at the Chicago Bears. I look at the Chicago Bears. You look at the Chicago. The Chicago Bears have been trying to find a franchise quarterback since I don't know when. The Chicago Bears have been trying to find a quarterback for for a very long. They've been trying to find a quarterback since the Cold War. Um, they they just ha, they just haven't been able to hit strike strike gold. Even in that eighty, even in their Super Bowl run, right? Eighty five Bears. The eighty five Bears defense. Jim McMahon was the quarterback, but the eighty five Bears defense. That was that was that was the key. That was why they won that Super Bowl. Not Jim McMahon. He was now he was good. You know he was solid enough, but wasn't a franchise guy. And um and I look and I so so the so the Bears they have an opportunity to get their hands on Deshaun Watson. Matt Nagy it comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. You know really good play caller. Uh, at, at times at, at times uh, you know at times he can be a good play caller. But then I look at that Bears defense. That Bears defense right now it is a championship level defense right now. But often their offense over the last several years have been really stagnant, has been really limited, and their offense puts puts them in bad positions. No longer have to worry about that with Deshaun Watson at the helm. And then yes, they have offensive line issues, but Deshaun Watson is such a dynamic once again such a dynamic player. He's got he's a guy that that plays a lot off script and he he you know he extends plays so where the offensive line you're going to give up sacks just because Deshaun Watson's play style just that's just how he plays he extends the play so those are my top destinations that I look at for Deshaun Watson it's it, I have it in no particular order but you I look at the 49ers I look at the Dolphins I look at the Bears I like those I like those spots I like those potential spots I heard that uh, the the Carolina Panthers are going to move very aggressively on this Deshaun Watson, you know, deal. As a lot of teams should, a lot of teams like think about it. Theoretically, except with with the exception of the Kansas City Chiefs, I can make the argument that all thirty teams, the rest of the thirty teams, and and maybe Green Bay and Seattle, maybe they wouldn't pick up the phone. But Deshaun, think about it. Sean Watson, he's a superstar quarterback. And he he's 25 years of age. Aaron Rodgers is 37. And I think Russell Wilson is 32. So those guys are a little bit old. Well, Aaron Rodgers is 12 years older than him. And then then, you know, Russell Wilson is about seven years older than him. So there's enough gap where those teams would at least pick up the phone. But other teams around the league, like I saw Baker on Twitter. He said Browns fans are crazy if they think that. I'm like, nah, Baker. If the Browns, if the Texans called the Browns and they said, hey, we, you know, we're interested in making a deal. Let's get a deal done. The Browns would not ask any if, ands, or buts. They would simply ask, how fast would this take? How fast do you want to do this deal? How fast do you want to make this deal? I like Lamar. I like Josh Allen. Josh Allen has improved tremendously, even though he takes the worst sacks in NFL history. He he has improved tremendously. 
but he is not better than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in this game and the, you know, arguably top four. And the guys that you would probably put that most people would probably put over Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, awfully, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Simple as that. Simple as that. Let's move on to the Big Ben, uh, Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers in this never-ending situation in Pittsburgh. This should be pretty good. Okay, so Big Ben and his future with the Steelers, or you know, in this league, really. Um He's been con and, and to be honest, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. He's been he's been contemplating retirement over the last like three four years. Like he always contemplates retirement, but at this point, it seems like a fork in the road because now we all like we we saw it. Ben Ben isn't he's not aging well. Ben is thirty eight, um, and he's just not aging well. He's just not. He, 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 Big Ben, I, I had the question. I, I questioned so many Stiller fans. So many Stiller fans will hit me up. Big Ben this, Big Ben that, and the Stillers this, Stillers that. And I had the simple question of, is Ben Roethlisberger, it, with, with the off-season regiment that he has, because if you guys are not aware, the off-season regiment that he has, it's not, it's not like the TB12 method. It's, it's, it's not it, it's not really intense. And that's the what and that's why he looks the way he looks at 38 as far as a football player. That's the, that's the, that's the reason why. He he moves like a chair. Um he, I told you guys the stiller he looked like Uncle Ben if you ask me. And now the stillers Big Ben his cap hit is at 41 million dollars. Ben Roethlisberger's cap hit is at $41 million, and if you did not know, that is the highest in the league this year. Now, the Steelers did pay. They paid more than half of that $41 million already. Ben already has more than half of that money already. He has $22 million of that $41 million. Um, now, they could – now, like I said, Ben – he had a disappointing year. I, at this point, I don't think he's a quarterback that can play 16 to 17 to 18 games on a yearly basis. He's just not built for it. He, he He's just not built for it. His condition is it's not good enough. And he was breaking down towards the end of the season. And I know he didn't quite go out the best way as possible and so forth. You know, you stuck up the joint, you know, versus the Browns. You you. You were throwing picks like they were going out of style. I think Ben Roethlisberger is still throwing picks against the Browns. So, like, everybody can't go out like John Elway and Peyton Manning where they win their Super Bowl and they retire and they they finish out on top. Everybody can't go and retire like that. It doesn't work like that for everybody. does not work like that for everybody. And for Ben Roethlisberger, we know the Steelers – they're, they're not a they're you know they're a good team but we didn't think they were gonna be a, a Super Bowl team and they're not gonna win the Super Bowl next year so now this comes to a question where is Ben Roethlisberger willing to rework his deal or is he just gonna just 
restructure his contract because I'm going to read you guys what he said. And it reads, uh, this is what Big Ben said. I want to do everything I can and made that very clear to them from the very beginning that it was it was my idea to basically help the team however I can this year. I don't care about my pay at all this year. Okay, so he doesn't care. He he claims that he does not care about his play about about his paycheck and so forth. Um, and you know, Big Ben he's made plenty of money. Rob, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has made plenty of money, but in terms of how they're gonna work this out, like I said, he could he could just rework his deal. Um and just he would now first he would have to shave off a lot of money. He would have to shave off a lot of money. And and when I mean shave off a lot of money, he would probably have to shave off the other portion of that 41 million. Cause like, like I told you guys, they paid him 22 million of the 41 million already, but he would probably have to shave off a, a, a very large portion of the remaining money. That's a, tr that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's, a that's attached to that 41 million. And like I said, they already paid 22 of it. So that's like 19, that's like 19. So he would have, they, they would, they would be, they'd be shaving at 19 million or, he could do similar to what Drew Brees and the Saints did. The Saints went all out. They went all out for Drew Brees and trying to win the Super Bowl, trying to be Super Bowl contenders, and they restructured Brees' contract, and they didn't have to face the cap hits. Now, Brees is likely to retire this year, and they're going to have to – and they're and, and the Saints are in salary cap hell. I think they're $112 million, $112 million below uh, above the salary cap 112 million dollars above the salary cap that's what the saints face right now that's the most in league and the Steelers could be on that same very path depending on what ben roethlisberger does with his contract because let's just think that i so i gave you guys the cheaper option where ben roethlisberger he you know if he if he really wants to play that if he's that desperate to play He'll shave off the half, the other half of that cap hit, and he'll take a lower deal. Or the other result, the other option is restructuring his contract, and basically that means Big Ben will get his money, and the like the like those the, that's his salary won't show up this year. But it'll show up in following years. Even when Big Ben is not on the team, they'll still be paying him because they were gonna, they're gonna restructure his deal. They're gonna restructure his deal. And the Steelers are gonna have to eat that cap hit, even though he's not on the team. So the Steelers really at this point really don't have much to lean on because you know, Haskins, I don't know, I don't think he's the answer. Mason Rudolph, they tried that already. They're really not in a position to draft a quarterback this year um, that will be able to play right now. So they're in a they're in a they're in a fender bitter and they're in and they're in a really tough position. So the Steelers may have to even cut ties with Big Ben, which is not out of the like that's not out of the occasion, like or like out of the options. Like that is very much a real possibility. 
So that's a story that we should be paying closer attention to. And then I want to go to Jared Goff and the Rams. Jared Goff and the Rams. Um, they have been, you know, the Ram and the Rams. They're trying to make it abundantly clear. They're making it. The Rams and they're they're just making they just making it abundantly clear that Sean, we're we're, we're iffy. We're questionable of of Jared Goff. We're questionable of Jared Goff. And guess what? I was really high on Jared Goff. I supported Jared Goff getting the contract when he did. A lot of people did not like the fact that they gave him all that money and it's coming, you know, it's, it's starting to come back and bite them now. But I was thinking of the terms of when he first got that deal, I was thinking of the terms, well, he got to the playoffs. Uh, two times he got to the Super Bowl once, you know, he, 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 he had, he had some really good years. Those first two years with McVay, they were really productive, especially that second year. He was looked at as a lead. He was looked at as a MVP candidate throughout that year, him and Todd Gurley. Now I would argue Todd Gurley was the, he was the engine to that offense. That offense was so dynamic. You guys remember that where the Rams got to the Super Bowl. The Rams were, you know, they had one of the best offenses in football. I think one of the, you know, if you look at their numbers, they had one of the five best offenses in football. And yes, Jared Goff was the quarterback of those teams, but Todd Gurley was the engine. And in the moment that Todd Gurley had those knee problems and had, you know, those reoccurring knee injuries, and Todd Gurley was no longer being able to be Todd Gurley. They couldn't run him as much. They couldn't utilize him as much. That's where the production of the offense of the Rams have went down, and that's where that's where ultimately Jared Goff's production has gone down. And as good as a coach as Sean McVay is, as much as I like Sean McVay, great coach Sean McVay, great coach, great play caller, great great play and great offensive guy, but. You at certain points, you can only you can't you can't only cover up but so many of Jared Goff's limitations. And I'm just gonna play the clip uh, of Les Snead talking about Jared Goff and his future as a Ram. Here's the clip where Je where Les Snead is asked about Jared Goff's future as a Ram. Team composition standpoint moving forward, and I know you you're not you can't get into specifics. But is there a scenario where you guys would trade or cut Jared Goff? Uh, again, not going to get into specifics on those. That's that's that beautiful mystery of the future. But we will sit. We will. What I can say is once once we're refreshed and emotions remove we'll we'll sit down and and try to figure out especially on the offensive side of the ball i know sean definitely wants to make sure we get back to uh maybe being more explosive uh scoring more points uh not turning the ball over as much but <laughs> with with jared with sean since they've started partnering together uh you know, Jared has more more wins than any other quarterback except Tom Brady. So there has been successes there. And now the the vision, the goal is to to look at the model, see if there's some tweaks to be made to make sure we get back to who we want to be and advance to those next two games. Okay. And finally, I'm sorry. So you can't say 
this moment that Jared Goff will be on the team in 2021? What I can say is Jared Goff's a Ram in this moment. And I said it's way too early to speculate. Okay. So <laughs> it, 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 does, just, just, just think about this. Does that sound like a guy? Does that sound like they're interested in Jared Goff? Does that sound like Jared Goff's the future? It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it really doesn't. And like I said, I mean, you look at the cap hit, you look at the cap, you look at the you look at the contract that they gave Jared Goff and they paid him prematurely and and this is what the this is what this is what's hurting two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Rams. It's it, the Rams they they have a great coaching staff, they have a great coach and they have done they've done most things right with their roster so they're still getting to the playoffs and still being a really really good football team but ultimately the quarterback contracts that the, the contracts that they signed their young quarterbacks to Jared Goff and Sean and and, and and Carson Wentz yes they both experienced some early success especially Jared Goff cuz he got to the Super Bowl and Carson Wentz too cuz Carson Wentz he didn't, you know, he didn't lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl, but he had a he had a league best record. He has the um he was the MVP before he got hurt and so forth. And they prematurely paid their quarterbacks. They 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 prematurely paid their quarterbacks too early, and now it's hurting them. Um, and, and you got Les Snead up here. Hey, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming him, but hey, he, he's like, uh, you know, we we want to get back to. You know, the explosive plays offensively. We want to score more points. We want to have less turnovers. <laughs> like Jared Goff, what's been the story of Jared Goff over the last two years, over the last two seasons, over the last year and a half? What's been the story about Jared Goff and his game? He turns the football over too much. He turns the football over too much. And <laughs> I saw, I think I, I think I saw an L.A. writer LA reporter, he called Jared Goff the Jame, the West Coast Jameis Winston. <laughs> and I'm and I know Jared Goff didn't have 30 interceptions, but since 2018, Jared Goff is behind Daniel Jones for the second most turnovers in the league. And that includes fumbles and interceptions. So there is some truth to this. And I, I, like I, I told you guys throughout the season, there were times I think because throughout the season the Rams ran into that rough patch, and you can just see the frustration on Sean McVay's face because he's 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 dialing up the right plays. I mean, you got you got great personnel, and you, golf just not getting it done. Golf Jared Goff is just not getting it done, and and, and I pointed this out. You know, midway through the regular season, where the Rams went through their rough patch, they picked it up. You know, later on throughout the year, head into the playoffs. But they, um, this is this is what's happening, and this is this is the reality of the NFL, and this is why you're going to see so much quarterback movement. You know, Matthew Stafford, and you know, possibly Jared Goff. We know Deshaun Watson. We know his time is all almost ticking and coming to an end in Houston. So this is going to be really interesting to look out for, guys. Um, keep you guys, keep, I'm gonna keep you guys updated and up, you know, up to date with this stuff. Also, 
I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna piggyback to the Steelers and Big Ben. Another element that you gotta think about is Mike Tomlin, because Mike Tomlin, he's a guy where the first the Steelers as an organization as a whole, they don't have many losing seasons. Mike Tomlin actually has never had a losing season. And I told you guys, looking at this roster, judging this roster, Mike Tomlin's done a damn good job with it. Because it has not been it this this these rosters looking at it has not been that talented. Up and down, it has not been that talented. So he's done a damn good job um coaching these coaching this team over the last two years. But Mike Tomlin is not, he's not in the business of developing a quarterback. He wants a quarterback like right now who could come in and play and win games. He is not in the he's not in the developing quarterback business. He's not into that. So that's just that and that may lead to some things. If 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 the Steelers can't figure out the quarterback situation, that may lead to some things. That's just another element that I wanted you that I wanted to put out there for you guys with the Steelers and you know the Rams, their contract Jerk off is expensive. You know, Dak Prescott, you know, his contract negotiations are going to come back up. We've been talking about Dak Prescott and his contract. We've been talking about Dak Prescott and his contract negotiations since this podcast started. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, literally, since this podcast started, we've been talking about Dak Prescott's contract negotiations. I kid you not. I kid you not. For all the day one listeners, for all the regular listeners, you guys know what I'm talking about. We've been talking about Dak Prescott and his negotiations for years. <laughs> so this should be interesting. Uh, I'm going to shift a little towards the NBA, and I'm going to let you guys go. After this quick break, I'm going to shift to the NBA, and I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. Hey, y'all. I mean, okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30% sale right now up to a 30 percent sale right now at the 47 brand they have your favorite teams it don't matter what sport what league it can be college football it can be nba nfl mlb um nhl it does not matter the 47 brand has it go over there rep your favorite team don't miss out on that sale the 47 brand Okay, so just a very brief NBA segment that I really want to do uh, to, you know, to put the ice on the cake on this episode because I don't want this episode to be too long, and I hope I hope that it didn't come out too long, but <laughs> I don't want this episode to be too long because next week I got, I got a lot in store for you guys. I got guests coming on. I got some interviews and so forth. Obviously, we got the Super Bowl. You're going to get my prediction and so forth. So, I don't want to, I don't, I, I, you know, this is going to be, a, I don't want it to be too long, but I do find it interesting. And I, and I, and I, this was so surprising to me because a couple weeks ago, LeBron, the Lakers and LeBron, you know, obviously they, they suffered back-to-back losses to the Philadelphia 76ers and the Detroit Pistons. 76ers lost. Okay. They're, they're playing pretty good right now. They got the best record in the Eastern Conference. The Pistons lost. That was a bad loss. The Lakers just just gave up, and I know I, I, they just they just gave it up. And I know it was the second night of the back of back, but the Pistons were on the second night of a back to back as well. So it evens itself out. 
But and then LeBron did not play well at all. He he um he started seven for seven and then finished like one. He finished one for twelve. Started seven seven, finished one for twelve. But that's neither here or there. I'm not, I can I can care less about that because I know LeBron. He, you know he's gonna come to play. He's gonna be okay. But I do find it interesting that the Lakers and well LeBron, he's fourth in the league in minutes. Fourth in the league in minutes, and I don't know if he, I I don't know if he's trying to play himself into shape. Um, I don't know if Frank Vogel is going into his Tom Thibodeau bag. I don't know, but maybe, maybe, and maybe he's trying to play himself into, you know, tip top shape, right? But the Lakers are not the Lakers and LeBron. They are not effective offensively when he's off the ball. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, and I'm not in, in, you know, hear me out. Dennis Struder has taken over half of the ball handling responsibilities for LeBron. Because last year, LeBron was the, he was the primary playmaker for the Lakers. He was the guy, he led the league in assists. He was the guy setting up the offense for the Lakers. He was the point guard. He was the quote-unquote, quote-unquote, point guard. Now they have Dennis Struder. Dennis Struder, really good. I like him. He's been pretty good. Um, and, and LeBron's been pretty good. LeBron's still doing what he does, Twenty, you know, averaging his 25, 7, and 7, so forth. But I just find it interesting in year 18, at age 36, 37, and so forth, that LeBron is fourth in the league in minutes. And now it seems like the Lakers are more reliant on LeBron more than ever to play, make and create. Because when, when he's, when he's off the ball and somebody else is controlling the offense, the Lakers just don't set, they don't have that same groove and that same pace. They don't have that same effectiveness. And LeBron himself, as an individual player, doesn't have that same effectiveness. And and I've and I, I've often brought this up. Um, like I would love to see LeBron more on the post a little. Now he probably can't do that a lot because you know Anthony Davis and so forth. But I would love to see him in some different actions instead of the same top of the key. You that. Because I feel like LeBron, he 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 could be a better off-ball player, but he just hasn't been, or he just they haven't his his team, all of his teams have required him to play on the ball, be the primary ball handler. Because get this, LeBron, obviously he's a great playmaker, and that is what you want him doing. But when you have a guy like Dennis Struder and you got to split ball handling duties. LeBron just can't be on the wing and just standing in the corner. Like, you got to be active. You got to be moving. So I do kind of find that interesting and a bit leery with the Lakers. Um, I, I still like them, but they got some head-scratching losses. Uh, and they're very LeBron-dependent even more this year than they were last year, even though LeBron was like the the point guard. He was the, the main playmaker. And now they have you you would think with the weapons and the pieces that they have added, it would be the load for LeBron would be lighter, but instead it's 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 heightened because his minutes are up 
And they're not as effective when LeBron is off the ball. Something to keep note, but I catch you guys later. Um, I'm going to end it right here. Yes, I'm going to end it right here. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the IKP. I catch you guys next week. Next week is a big week. I told you guys, uh, bringing guests on the show. We're going to Super Bowl predictions, obviously, big time week. Um, and I catch you guys later. Always remember two choices, one decision. And I am out. Peace. Deuces.